Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Alright, it's the good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast. Over there is Mr. Two Frames, Ryan Bull. How are you, sir? Doing well. Over there is the uh, super fan, Tony C. How's it going? And I am uh, Richard Lusky L-Train. We're here to talk about Deadpool. You're living the dreams, DP. Yeah. Devil me care attitude. <laughs> Strong thighs. Beautiful girlfriend. Sorry I'm late. I was rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching into space where it can't not hurt us ever again. Kiss me like you miss me, Red. Two. Oh, yeah, two. The sequel. Isn't it just sort of a continuation of Deadpool 1? Can't you just say Deadpool? No. No, no you have, have to say what number. have to distinguish between the two movies. Because there are going to be so many more of these. <sighs> okay. Well, we'll get, we'll into, get that. into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that Deadpool 3 is sort of uh, slated. I saw that somewhere in my pre-show warm-up. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a very successful film franchise. Arguably, it's the most successful R-rated franchise ever. It's even more successful than... Terminator. Grant, Terminator has more sequels, so it's probably made more money overall, but just by a scant couple million, I bet. Well, that's because they haven't done the sequel to uh, the Jesus movies. Oh. Passion of Christ 2. Yeah, what's the sequel to that? Like, going up to heaven? And or day, end of days? The next 2,000 years? Yeah, Revelations. That, that's going to be a great action film. <laughs> Revelation. Yeah, so once they do that, then we'll see. Then we'll see where the, where the R-rated franchise is. The Ascension's, what, 40 days after the Resurrection? Yeah, there you go, The Ascension. Okay. That sounds like a good name for a movie. That's just Jesus, so. Well, that's a movie that only exists in the hearts and minds of many Christians around the world. (laughs) But this movie exists right now, and we just left it. Mm -hmm. Well, we just left that, and then we went to Ruby Tuesdays and got something to eat. Now we're here. What did you think of the the movie, Mr. Bull? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a... Very good action film. It delivered on that. Tons of humor throughout. Um, it's subversive for, you know, superhero films. But I don't mind that. I don't mind that it calls attention. There are a handful of times Deadpool looks right at the audience and goes, oh, that's lazy writing. <laughs> right. uh, I enjoy that sort of thing. Uh, I had a lot of good laughs. I laughed a lot more at this than I laughed at Infinity Wars. So, okay, well, I mean, that's I made, not so, much of a standard. Well, it's the other big superhero film. I might have enjoyed this a little more than Infinity Wars. I don't know. I didn't. I don't think I saw Infinity Wars. Did I? No, you no, did. I, I, I know, Tony. I saw you it. saw it. Yeah. Uh, where does this compare? I, well, for funny, Deadpool Two is funnier than Infinity War, but Infinity War is also the first half of a two-parter, so you kind of it kind of has a cliffhanger. I would think this is how I see it. You know, I think people are comparing it to like Empire Strikes Back, Wait, where it kind of ends. Is this some straight? Is this Avenger. the Avenger thing? Yeah, it's a new yeah. Avenger. But was that supposed to be funny? It, it had some moments of 
humor in it. Right. Well, that's right. why I'm agreeing with Lusk more that it wasn't meant to be a funny movie. Deadpool 2, you go in, know it's going to have a lot of humor and gross out humor, you know, exploitive humor, whatever you want to call it. I, I enjoy the extra. And I, I guess my point would be if in, uh, say, next weekend, I need to go see a movie, I think I'd rather go watch Deadpool 2 again than go watch Infinity Wars for a second time. Mr. C? Uh, I think I'd still go see Avengers again. Because I think there's a lot more really? subtext in Avenger to go see. I think I'd time. go see that Christian movie that we were just talking about again. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think once is enough. Deadpool Ascension. Was, yeah, Ascension. <laughs> Deadpool was fine. Deadpool 2 was fine. They were both pretty much more of the same, I think. So, I mean, I, I laughed a few times. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't totally disgusted by it like I am with most superhero movies. Yeah, but, this is your superhero movie for the year, right? Well, there's still Ant-Man and, and the Wasp. Wasp. It's okay. still coming out. It's coming on down the pike. So. Just after 4th of July. But I don't know if I'll see that. I'm only planning on seeing... I'm not planning on seeing that many movies this, this summer. Your, your schedule is too busy. My, <laughs> my schedule is sitting around, laying around the house. is way too busy. Anyway, this movie, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I guess, is the main focusing individual responsible for most of it. Although, he is not necessarily the director. It is directed by... Uh, let's see. His name is David Leach. This is what his second movie did. Atomic Blonde. He also directed John Wick, though, because of um, the Directors Guild rules, you can only list one director for a film. Um, so Chad Stansky or something is the one who's listed as the director of John Wick. But okay. both of those guys openly admit it was a team effort. Well, didn't they do a John Wick too? Um. Chad stayed on to do another John Wick. Okay. Uh, the director of this movie, David Leach, he did Atomic Blonde. No. Okay, all right. Well, that makes sense then. Uh, the original director for the, I'm sorry, the director for the original Deadpool was Tim Miller, and he left. I don't know why. He didn't want to do a superhero movie that had three times the budget of the original. Oh, okay. He uh, wanted to keep it low. Like he he liked that, that it, it keeps the movie tighter, and I mean, I'm sure as we get into the review. This movie does have a bit of bloat on it. Yeah. And there are times it's like, oh, look, we have extra money. We can just have a gratuitous explosion in the background. Well, Deadpool makes the joke about here comes the CGI fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that joke goes over the, the heads of a lot of people. You know, I think it's there. Not me. My reflexes are too quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it changes the movie. I and mean, I don't think it makes it better or worse when it, when he draws attention to the movie. It's just what the movie is. Yeah, and that's what the character is, apparently, in the comic books. He does talk directly to the reader. He is aware he's in a movie. If he, and he's aware if he's in a comic yeah, book. He's aware, yeah, he'll talk to the artist who's drawing it. He'll talk yeah. to the writer. He'll talk to the reader. Like that old Donald Duck, uh, where I think the guy erases him. Chuck Jones, he erases him. Just oh, and Daffy. Yeah, with yeah, Daffy and Duck Daffy. Daffy, Daffy, yeah. Daffy yeah, and Bugs. Do, yeah, Bugs does it to Daffy. Daffy and Donald aren't related to each other. No. no, they fight mm. each other in Roger Rabbit, though. They're the same species. But one's the white, one's the black duck. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Just... Oh, it's not a racial thing? I don't think so. All right, you're not trying to start a race war here on the Laugh Podcast. <laughs> no, which also was brought up in Deadpool 2. The Laugh Podcast? No, uh, the racial stuff. Oh, 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 Dead, oh, sorry. Deadpool kept calling out the guy for profiling. Some kids asked me if the Laugh Podcast meant uh, stood for Luskin Friends. <laughs> Singular. I said, well, well, we, we definitely it, need to talk I about said, the name change a little I said more. It, it does now. <laughs> uh, this also stars uh, Josh Brolin 
in his second turn as a Marvel villain this uh, summer? Sec- second Marvel villain, third superhero. Wait, so is he a superhero and a villain? How can that be? Well, super or superhero. I mean, he's got power. He, What's he, his other things? Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, George W. Bush. Too. So this is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depending on your point of view. <laughs> uh, Marina Basarain is back as uh, his love interest as Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool's love interest, and uh, Julian Dennison, the star of my favorite movie from a couple of years yeah. ago, Hunt for the Wilder People. That was, good. That was funny. I think he's typecast. Now he's typecast as the Wonderful. New Zealand. What Deadpool calls him that too. Yeah, I know. The fat, fat New Zealand kid. I thought he was fat in uh, <laughs> Wilder People. <laughs> He's gotten huskier. Yeah, I thought he had lost. Not him. to fat shame him, but yeah, he had been losing weight. Fat shame. Well, well they call him plus size in the movie. Do we know if it's a fat suit? I mean, could he? I mean, he's. He's covered up fairly oh, well. When he's in one. the prison garb. Could be wearing moo-moos. And I've never known prisoners to wear shorts. I always thought yeah. they had to wear pants. <laughs> you, you see some thigh. Yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> right. a fat suit. Wow. No knee. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. That, it could be CGI. They could have CGI'd in the fat. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and Zaza Beats. Or Zazie Beats. I'm not sure who that is, but she plays Domino. She was great. Movie. Yeah, she was funny. I think she was my favorite character in the entire movie. Like the way that she was written and the acting performance and a lot of the lines. Uh, I guess who's back is um, Miller. TJ Miller is back as his friend Weasel, mm-hmm. who has a shifting position within the, the he's Deadpool Weasley. universe. He's very much a rodent. Right, but then he's also like doing <laughs> job interviews for the new like band he's trying to put together. So it just seemed sort of odd. They were like uh, the odd interpersonal relationships between the characters from the first movie. Well, they're all they're all unseemly characters. So they'll go wherever the money is. That's the kind of the, he's the mercenary. Deadpool is so it's you know, he's loyal to whoever gives him money. Yeah, but the one guy's a cab driver and he works in the bar. Well, because well, he wants, he wants like, the, the guy. He, the cab driver wants to be an assassin. So TJ Miller's like, oh, okay, well to do that, you have to start off as the bottom of the organization, which yeah. is the janitor. I'm not picking this. I'm just saying it just seems like those weird relationships just seem sort of a little off-putting. Is that because there's no straight man, really, for any of these jokes? Everyone's kind of cracking their own jokes and being irrelevant. Irreverent. Yeah, that too. Irrelevant? Yeah, yeah. a little tongue-twisted. Well, I think that's the But I mean, who is the straight man in this film? The, 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 The cab driver is. I mean, he gets some some lines, but he's not aware of his lines like everybody else is. Like Bud Abbott got mad a lot and he's the straight man. Yeah, I think he's he can be funny and still be the straight man. I think for for that's his position in terms of a lot of the comedy associated with him. Because there's a scene late in the movie where he's in the cab with three other people and they are all cracking jokes. And they're all making their own No, they're all doing one liners. And I don't think he was. He was trying to be yeah, serious, the, the, though. The driver right? wasn't. I don't the driver was trying to be serious. All right. All right. Agree to disagree music. on that. Fair enough. Particular thing. Uh, I guess the basic plot, though, is uh, Josh Brolin's character has come to Deadpool's universe to kill Julian Dennison's character. Russell. Russell, no, also known as Fire Fist or Fist yeah. Fire or yeah. Fire Starter or <laughs> Fire Fist. Fire yeah. Fist. Uh for some reason or another, I don't, I don't really know if that would be spoilery. To I think that there are some accoutrements to Cable's uh, outfit that are better left unsaid. 
because they they form the basis for a lot of the jokes, but that seems to be the overall driving force for the movie itself. But for the character Deadpool, I think it's uh, sort of a revenge, uh, redemption arc that he has to follow because of something that happens early in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, go ahead. Ryan Reynolds has gone on record when they've asked, you know, what about future sequels? And he says the problem is you have to keep tearing Deadpool down to nothing and letting him rebuild over the course of the film. Mm-hmm. And this movie kind of makes it hard to do that again. It puts him in a it has to put him in a position where you have a whole lot of uh, understanding for his motivations mm-hmm. moving forward. Apparently, in the comics, he was always most popular when he was teamed up with other people, and uh, like he was part of the X Force team. Really? Yeah. Uh, Which he, is different from X Men. So. Well, yeah, I understand. <laughs> They're Canadian. I believe you're talking down to me. And then Ryan Reynolds has also talked about how much he wants to get Hugh Jackman to do a Wolverine buddy movie Uh and have the two of them go on at it. So keep explaining. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's fine, because I I did see that there was a reference uh, to Wolverine at some... Oh, the opening shot of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, to Logan. Yeah, Yeah. to Logan. And... With the greatest song of all, I'm All Out of Love by Air Supply. Oh, okay. Is that the greatest song? No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like one of those top ten worst songs ever. Like, well, I noticed the person to the, the left city. of you when we were leaving, and that to the left of yeah. you, Mr. C, and the person to the right of you, Mr. Bull, both made mention of the music leaving the film. But apparently, the, uh, one guy said, the music was worth the whole thing. And, uh, or no, it was the classical music song. I, the, the the people... I thought he was referencing... Oh, the people to the right of you were referencing... Yeah, the song that was playing at the end at of the, the movie? Yeah, at the very end of the credits. I think that the guy to the right of you it. or the left of you was talking about all of the music. Yeah. Um, well, because well, they did the economy of having like share playing over violent scenes. Right. So it's just where you wouldn't think you'd put those two songs together. Yeah, and the referencing, it was almost a musical. And the doing the, it was um, almost a musical. Um, take that? On Me, like a... An unplugged version of Take On Me by AHA. Yeah, I've actually heard that before. So I don't think he made it for just for this movie. I, the guy no, was the credits about, had it. It's, it's, a, it's just a, they did it from an unplugged show or an unplugged album. Yeah. Um, that guy, whoever made that that song, has made quite a living continuing to sing it because he doesn't have to hit those high notes anymore and he's 55 years old or whatever. That's the smart way to do it. Way just play it acoustically. You don't have to hit those high notes. Yeah, but I mean, I like that the movie's spending money on music because I, I do think that that adds and, you know, makes this movie exist at a certain point in time and makes itself aware. I, I like the jokes about politics, about culture. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything. Is that going to make the movie age particularly well in 10 years from now? I don't know. Yeah. But I don't think it matters. I would say no. No, it doesn't matter because it's all about making money. Yeah, for the short term. But it's also the long term too, is you know, in twenty in twenty years it's gonna be retro is in, so the people will know maybe not in ten years, but in twenty years they'll know what these jokes were mean. But the music is retro now anyway. Like you said, aha and yeah. share and you know I mean Yentl. Well yeah, what used to be one hit wonders are now like <laughs> Barbara Streisand. You know, Factory Boys just released a new single, you know, they've been irrelevant for right. Since we were in high school, yeah, I don't know who's out. relevant now. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know pop music because I don't really listen to it at all, and the kids can't really defend any one artist. Well, because people, yeah, you can put your music on Apple Music, and it doesn't cost much to record. And it's all singular. It right. It's all whatever they want to hear. 
I don't know. So I don't know if people listen to the radio as much, so it's not, you don't get like the top forty anymore. What was the other movie that did this with music recently? It was a superhero movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that Guardians of the Galaxy, the, and then the two albums. Yeah, DC tried to do the same thing with Suicide Squad, right? Wasn't that like heavily music laden? I mean, uh, there were musical interludes. Not as in much that. like Guardians of the Galaxy. Without the music, you, you lose a lot of the retro feel of Star Lord and such. Yeah, I think that hit works with here with Deadpool too. So you were on with the music in this. Deadpool yeah, too. I like most. You're like the person sitting to the right and you of you and the left of you and you and <laughs> everybody that was hanging out and listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, no, I I, I thought this was fine story wise. I thought they were, they were doing more in this movie. The last one was very thin on story. It was more origin tale, how he became Deadpool, and then trying to find boy saves girl. Yeah, yeah, and kill kill Francis, kill the bad guy, save the girl. Oh, okay, kill the bad guy and. You know, they kind of hide that with all the flashbacks in that one. This one's more, it is told in a more linear style. Yeah, I don't feel that they have, they don't, I don't believe that they feel like they have to go back and explain how Deadpool mm-hmm. became Deadpool. It yeah. just exists. Well, the first, flash, yeah, the first flashback lasted like five minutes. I mean, it was very quick to catch up. And then and they the, talk, he talks about whatever powers he has or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's part of the dialogue. Well, that's um, the thing. That was get, some of the best. Yeah, and coming into this one, you know Deadpool's power, so you know what's going on. So you, you do if you do. Yeah. But this is going to sell a lot more tickets than, I think, the first one. So there are going to be some people that might not know the character and just go for the spectacle or whatever. True, and it's interesting. He talks about his father being a jerk, and we don't have a flashback to his father. Right. You can definitely tell this is not a Batman movie. Yeah, it's like he, yeah, he, he does right. not. Batman has to flash back to his parents two or three times in a movie. And there's only ever one scene of him interacting right. with his parents. They actually go back to two or three movies. Every like every other movie about Batman is <laughs> a, like a Batman origin sequence. Mm-hmm. I think there's a new Batman TV show, a Batman prequel to the, the Butler. Oh, don't get my hopes up. I love me some yeah. Batman. Oh, Gotham. It's I called, still watch Gotham. No, this is called Pennyworth. So it's going to be about how Alfred, because Alfred was special forces and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was special MI, MI6 Six. or whatever before. Yeah. yeah. Special forces in World War One. He's like a yeah, healer and all that. Cause so. When Batman gets hurt, I'm surprised you're not aware him. of this, Mister Blue. No, yeah, I dropped new. a little bit of the, knowledge on y'all. Every the nightfall. How do you like that? Some nerd geek knowledge. I like it. The L train coming to the podcast with more knowledge than <laughs> Mister Bull. Gert, nerdy, geeky, comic booky <laughs> stuff. I like Gerd. This is amazing. <laughs> Gerd stuff. What is that? Gastrointestinal uh, reflux <laughs> disease. I don't know. Intestinal Isn't that what the eat? Swedish chef says all the time? Gertie, Gertie, Gertie. They do. That's what, if you eat a lot of Swedish food, that's how they got that. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to know. Is there too much spectacle in this film? Too much. Like, it, it, was there too much? Like, you don't have a huge palate for action movies. You, you just want little little tastings of action. Well, I'll let Mister C answer that first, and then I'll come back to my thoughts. There's a, there's a lot of the spectacle in the CGI, but I think by again calling attention to it, having Deadpool say, "Here comes the CGI moment," it justifies it and makes it okay. Otherwise, you're not copping out to it, where you you know it's a motion capture, but they go, "Okay, yeah, we're just, we're doing this as motion capture or CGI, whatever," and it makes it okay. I think that most superhero movies are structured around like three major set pieces and sometimes they can i don't know mix in a, a third through a flash or a fourth through a flashback or something so like the 
set pieces in this didn't seem to go over long, and I think a lot of it has to do with the with the the story itself is just telling a, a more limited story, and that's what it appeals to me about any superhero movie that I like. It's mono e mono, or there's this one thing that we have to go get, and it's it's less. Here comes a whole race of aliens or supernatural beings and we have to save the entire universe with this one little linchpin. I hate those. Those are the things I hate most about superhero movies. So this had a lot less of that and a lot more of we're doing this spectacle as a gag sometimes. Or it's it's there's a there's something here that we're doing that doesn't make, make might not like make a whole lot of sense if you're trying to nitpick it out. But it serves the purpose of being entertaining at this point. Whereas the kind of stuff that I I think Avengers movies are or have become is all of that bloat. In fact, the, what the first Avengers movie is kind of what turned me off with the... Oh, Saving New York. Wasn't it like beams or something? Like some sky big beam. portal open in the middle yeah, of the yeah. sky? Yeah, I think this has less of that. Well, it pays off in the next event, like in the newest Avengers Yeah, I now. get it. I understand. I just don't... The newest Avengers... It is a very good exercise in storytelling, given the number of characters and still letting everyone have moments. They they do a good job of managing a large, large cast. Yeah, I I think that these eighteen. It's also the quest for more money. That's the subtitle for all these movies, like Spaceballs. I I think where this movie and what looks like Ant Man have it over those other movies is it, it is a limited story. It's just telling this thing. It's going to end here. At the end of this movie, it doesn't have to serve a greater, uh, you know, entity. There is no big, you know, MacGuffin that goes through the entirety of eight or ten movies or whatever. And it doesn't have to be all interconnected. And secondarily, and probably even more importantly, the action sequences aren't necess- aren't they're they're well lit. I mean, they're out there. You can yeah. see everything. Mm. It's not like um, one of your arguments about Black Panther recently was the. A big part of the major fight scene at, was in the subway. In, was in a subway or a hole or something or a yeah, well. It's, it's too dark. If your characters are going to be wearing all black, right. you, you need to have some um, action in the daylight. So well, that's the same thing you can on. say about the first pack rim, right? A lot of, a lot of the fights oh, night? are yeah, underwater night. at night or something like that. Yeah, but they still did a, a good job of like bringing them out so you could tell what was going on. And some of that was also pulling back the camera. So right. that you know you could see stuff. They, they in that movie, the cinematography was very reminiscent of a old time monster film, an old Godzilla film. Right. The kaiju. And I mean that was definitely something. Um, the kaiju. Uh, the Guillermo del Toro was trying to do, and, and this I thought they did a pretty good job of pulling back the camera. In, in a lot of ways, the cinematography reminded me of a John Wick or Atomic Blonde, and the cinematographer of this was Jonathan Sella who had done those previous films. He's definitely worked with David Leach. I saw one of the stunt guys was the director from John Wick, Chad Staniski or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly they have a group of people who are very good at doing action and work well together and understand. Yeah, that's why I'm not certain that David Leach had as much of a mark on on the film as a director as opposed to Ryan Reynolds himself. Like, I know Leach is uh, a former stuntman. Not not many stuntmen make the leap to director, you know. And this is his, arguably, I mean, what, Atomic Blonde probably had a $30 million budget, maybe less than that. 
probably yeah, 30, 40, I'd say. Yeah. So this is eight, a, a lot of directors or a lot of stunt coordinate stuntmen don't make it to lead director, but they do stunt coordinator and then even second unit director. Mm-hmm. So they end up doing a lot of the action scenes. That's what I mean. Most of it's action. I'm talking about like the character building stuff. Yeah. The, because but I, I think that's easier <clears throat> stuff to shoot in an action movie. The the quiet, just let's have them talk. And there are two or three of those in this film. The the predominant shot in this movie, though, which is very odd, was a, a close-up of Deadpool's face. Unmasked yeah. face. Unmasked, it, yeah. He also did the mask, but yeah. Well, there, there was so much of Ryan Reynolds' face adorning the screen, even though it was in a scarred form or whatever, that it became... That became more meta and noticeable for me than anything. Was I, I was if anything was going to pull me out of a movie, generally it's CGI. But in this case, it's a close-up of Ryan Reynolds' scarred face. You didn't think that they did it well, the makeup? No, it's just that it was there. It was oh. so much. There was so much of it. Oh, because it kind of pulled me out early on. There's a scene where he's out and it's raining. And I thought, holy crud, they're going to do this makeup in the rain? Oh, I like, see why are they writing themselves into this huge problem? And then I'm thinking, was he all done up in makeup or are they going back and doing all this CGI? And I'm trying to look real closely because, you know, I had read stuff on the first movie. And so I, I was always looking like when he would ride in the cab, you'd see his swords on his back. Apparently they always went back and computer animated the swords just because they're too bulky. It was hard to get him to sit properly in the seat. So anytime he was in the cab, I was staring at the swords and occasionally they would move or wobble in a weird way, like in, in a lifelike way. No, no, no. And huh. it, 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 I was like, "Oh, there we go." I can tell now the swords are CGI because <laughs> they bent slightly. <laughs> I mean, it was very, very small. Uh huh. And, and you're maybe I'm just looking too close. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You're like, Ooh, "Look at me! Look at me! Knowledge." <laughs> I like reading my cinefets and you know finding out how they do special effects, and then it's interesting to see what do they do in follow-up movies. You know, especially big makeup pieces. Like, you know, Ryan Reynolds has, it's not just head, it's neck, uh, forearms. You know, a lot of times he was wearing like three quarter, uh, length shirt sleeves or even, you know, almost the full arm was bare. So, I mean, that's a lot, a lot of makeup work to do. Or CGI. And prosthet. Yeah. Are you doing that CGI? Um, it's been on the scene too in a lot of cases. Yeah. But they're, apparently they're trying to get away more from, you know, full body suit to, you know, what can we do with some CGI and, you know, do some layers of makeup and then just put tracking markers and finish it off. Um, they do that a lot with the character of da- or Drax yeah. um, in Infinity Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy. They've okay. pulled back on his makeup more and more. Uh, Black Panther, even though he do- Chadwick Boseman does wear a Black Panther suit, they completely eliminate him from the film. And it's all just CGI. It's hmm. a stunt double. It's a CGI stunt double. So you're basically watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and at times it works better than others. Black Panther gets cartoonish in a couple scenes. I would say that this movie lacks a lot of that weird CGI displacement uh, stuff that that bothers me. I don't know. Stuff is probably not the most accurate word that I can come up with, but I've got the one scene, but not be a spoiler part too. Oh, we can we can save it if you want. We can get into spoilers yeah, right okay. now if you want, because uh, I guess our general consensus on Deadpool is that it's worth the uh, 
worth seeing it. Everyone needs to go in the first 10 days and go watch this film. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> because, because this of the box office, office challenge. challenge. Yeah, this oh, yeah. is my second pick. All right, well, let's run down the numbers right now in case any of you <laughs> okay. all want an update. Um, so far, uh, into the summer, and we're already into almost into June here, <laughs> the uh, the total box office for, for me is uh, $453 million. Over ten days, yeah, and uh, yours is uh, eighteen million. Yes, so solid second. Yeah, I'm a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, respectable. Still, feel like I've established a pretty good lead here. Moving into I, the, uh, I, I think the Infinity Wars did right about what we thought. Yeah, I, I, I thought we were saying about four fifty. Yeah, I mean the the upper mark was about five hundred, and I'm glad it didn't hit that. Deadpool Thursday night opening of eighteen million. That's solid. Not if it 30, can though. make over one hundred sixty million this weekend, I'm in good shape. I'm hoping to get two sixty out of its ten day run. I don't think it'll get one hundred sixty. I think it's going to be somewhere. The first one did one thirty eight. All right, so opening this might, this might if it gets one hundred sixty, that would be a surprise to me. But that's kind of boring. Stuff. Some people are saying it could go as high as two hundred million. If yeah, it does two hundred million, you're like you're crazy. in trouble. I, th- I'm st- I still because then I could be upwards of like three hundred million, and that that's that makes this pick look a lot better. Because I think at first you were like uh, eighty million. Well, only because you million. skipped over Solo, but then I guess the the point would be if this yeah outmatches Solo, which it might. You never Solo's know. not getting good reviews. Uh, yeah, I'm not hearing the early stuff on it. Seventy one percent Rotten Tomatoes. That does okay, that matter? We're going to broadcast this to our audience so that we can really affect Solo. <laughs> no one should go see it. No, absolutely, everybody should go see it. That should be our next show. Uh, no, no, we're Solo. only doing one a month, and Solo comes out this month. So sorry. Oh, okay. Bull gave me the choice, and he thanked me for not come picking Solo. <laughs> Which I can't see anyway because of graduation on opening. I know. Day. I got uh, very worried when you told oh, there are three th- films I'm thinking of. And you said Ready Player One, Infinity Wars, and then yeah. Deadpool 2. And I was like, any of those three is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Come on in for the Luskin Friends podcast. <laughs> and do uh, any one of those. Except for Solo. All right. So, yeah. And in your, in your point, Mr. C, you love uh, Deadpool 2. I love Yeah, Deadpool. It was funny. Yes. All right. Very so much well so. worth it. Yeah. You were enjoying yourself. It makes it more enjoyable for other people when the person next to you is laughing. I didn't hear you laughing a whole lot, though. Mr. I laughed some. There's a couple of good parts. You right. laughed at a couple of good parts, yeah. too. I laughed at the funniest jokes. <laughs> there was one joke in the middle that was very dark, and you laughed and laughed. <laughs> I can't remember. I, yeah. I remember one and, of them. And I wouldn't want to spoil that one. Yeah, either way, but we can spoil things for the rest of the movie starting now. All right, so what is it that you were well, talking about? Well, you're talking about the CGI taking you out of it. Uh, but Deadpool had the baby legs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But again, that's so over the top that it's meant to be, like, it's meant to take you out, I think. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. <laughs> <I think laughs> so. He's walking up to Cable to shake his head. Well, then there's no way to make that look appropriate. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, the baby leg couldn't hold that torso wait, up. Wait. How would you do it to make it look appropriate? <laughs> what would you really do? No, you just can't. No, I mean, this is an argument we found on the podcast a lot. When you're like, the CGI looks so fake. And I'm like, right. that's because this scene is so impossible. Like the, yeah, from the top, <laughs> right. 100 feet above Mount Everest. There's right. no way to get that shot the right way. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah, normally the CGI looks the same as uh, if, if, it, if you can notice it at all, then that's when it kind of sucks but if it's something like that where well, you're going to notice it no matter what well, we can't make it look good so we'll just do what we want this to doesn't do look 
anything like the last, the real person I saw. That I don't know, those, those look like pretty good baby legs. Yeah. <laughs> and it does the uh, basic instinct crossing of the legs. Yeah. I, I was hoping that the legs would slowly become kind of scarred up as they oh, grew. Because yeah. they did get slightly bigger as that scene went on. But they were so smooth, I thought, oh, he should just cut off all parts of him because he grows back it. smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, He won't be all uh, nasty looking. Yeah, I don't understand why he can't. He can heal bullet holes and his head getting blown off. But What's he it healed, but it's so scarred up where the bullet holes. He, he has he some like heal. super version of cancer, so he, his body's barely keeping up with. The oh, cancer he's not a burn victim. Check. No, he had cancer in the first. Oh, he time. has been burned, but it, it's, I thought it was burns. That's what it looks like—a burn victim. No, it's yeah, these hideous it tumors. Okay. Yeah, no, the first one. No, he did get burned after. He wasn't yeah. scarred up before he got set on fire. But yeah, and that's what causes him to be all. I think the cancer's doing it too. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Whatever little... gave him these healing powers also makes the cancer run crazy in him. And is it the same healing powers as, as the Wolverine? Wolverines are natural, though. That uh, bulls were injected into them. Uh, it's probably still the same remember. program, though. If they count the same uh, the universe. Yeah. All right, but Wolverine can't get cut in half and blown up like. He does in the comics. There's a oh, really? there's a scene where in the Deadpool where the Juggernaut rips Deadpool in half. Uh, the Hulk does that to um, to Wolverine in one of their first meetings. Interesting. And he but and then you know there was a way to write off Wolverine and, until they could bring him back for something. But why wouldn't that be Juggernaut's move more often? Well, if I could just rip people from limb to limb, he hasn't been in an R-rated movie. So, but uh, <laughs> later on, there's a scene towards the end when Juggernaut's fighting Cable. He picks Cable up above his head. I was like, oh. Time for the rip, and then say he just chucks him. Well, maybe he thought we did it to death. Wasn't he bit- came back? So I can't do it again. I thought he was busy getting a wire shoved up his. No, this was before. It was well. Uh, Deadpool had the garden gate. Yeah, Deadpool was talking head. to Colossus, oh, okay. and yeah. in the background, Juggernaut yeah. and Cable are doing the fighting. Right, but yeah. I would always just like rip people's arms off or rip them in half. That, that would be that my would move. Be, if that's I your superpower. Need, yeah, if I'm <laughs> that strong, that's my move. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't understand uh, how they captured. What, who, who is it, Juggernaut? How, how in, they in captured the place? Yeah, because he didn't have the the collar. Like they didn't have a giant size collar for him. That's true. Or know. if they did, they never showed it coming off. Or well, he's all, he's not a mutant. Or but he has some mutant abilities. Wait, he's not a mutant. You, hear, you he's, ready? He's, uh, you he's ready for your tall, ra- nerdy. nerdy? His powers are magic. Okay. Really? Yeah. What's the difference? What does it boil down to? <laughs> His powers are magical. They're He's not mutant abilities. Yeah. So they didn't magically. But he does have some latent mutant they... abilities, depending on what version of his I think character. The crystal it is. opens, awakens yeah. the latentness. But one, he he uh, is the unstoppable force. Once he gets moving, you cannot stop him. And they make the joke in the movie too that his helmet protects him because his brother is Professor X from the X Men. His half brother, step brother, and Professor X can stop him with his mind because. X is a, a telepathic, right. so Juggernaut wears that helmet like Magneto to break it, you know, to, to so he can't get in there. But every once in a while, whenever they do it in the cartoon, anyway, the X Men all team up on Juggernaut and take off the helmet, you know, through distraction or oh. whatever. And once his helmet's off, they can seal him. So in the movie, why he's got a helmet on? Maybe it's just because they don't want an. Wait, I got bored him. about five and a half minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. when we started into this thing, I just wanted to so know you're how you're not excited about the new X Men film coming out no. later this year. No. Wait, isn't there a horror movie? Right? Aren't they doing it as That's like a, a TV? Horror sh- thing? They're doing a TV yeah. show of that. I thought they're that. doing a horror movie, R-rated X Men, new X Men something or other with uh, like Cerise Ronan or 
Some I think weird... that's a. You're talking about the TV show, no? The oh, okay. freeform. The next movie is going to follow up the film Dark that Tony Star. and I reviewed a year and a half ago, two no, years ago. Uh, on yeah, the show. this is something else I was interested in. The, 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 the thing you're talking about, is not yeah. The uh, with um, the girl from Game of Thrones, the redhead. Okay, uh, she plays Ned Stark's daughter. Okay. Um, I don't remember her name. Um, now wait a minute. Since we are in spoilers, we can talk about cameos. The at some point, and I'm, I must have missed it as I was looking at the other part of the screen, they open the door, and I saw a beast or mm-hmm. yeah, so, big yeah, something the, or other. Yeah, and James McAvoy was there. Okay, so X-Man was in there. Yeah, One of yeah the it, X-Man. Was, it, was a, it was a whole bunch <laughs> of X-Man. X-Man. Who's the X-Man? Line, unspeakable. Unspeaking lines. Oh, because I thought it was just, I thought it was just the blue guy. Yeah, no, he was at the door, but I saw Xavier sitting down. Oh, it looked okay. like Cyclops yeah. might have been there, maybe Gene. It, it was hard. It was so quick. Rogue. But it doesn't make any sense because, like, in the very next scene, he's, like, wheeling around in X's wheelchair. and He could have two chairs. Yeah, if you can afford oh, a mansion, you can afford right. two chairs. At one point, he gets a floating chair, too. It, it seems like a waste, like, to get up and down from chairs. Oh, he's got a chair that floats, like yeah. a... Like a land speeder? Yeah, later. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Well, and it's also nice we see Wolverine at the end. They reference all the older films. Right, he's trying to like, fix the timeline. Origins. He's fixing yeah. the timeline of X-Men Origins so, and Green Lantern. <laughs> is his wife back if they do a, a third movie? Can Marina Bachran or Bossen I think so. come back? Well, I mean, in the in the comics... Doesn't well, she play a version of him? Copycat is the hero's yeah. name. I, mean, I don't know her powers, though. But I only know that because when I was looking up the, the list of characters, it said copycat. Marina Bassarain Copycat. Yeah. But she's not really Copycat in this movie. because. And then not, I had to look again, up who yet, Copycat so was. So. Later on. So they're, right, now that, they're leaving that door open. But arguably, that undoes the entire movie. Undoes it? Yes, it does undoes it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it undoes. It undoes and then it does. It undoes the entire well, movie. Yes, and that's what happens in all time travel movies. Right. And Back Dead- to the Future undoes itself at the end. It undoes itself? It undoes. Right. And Deadpool, again, breaking the fourth wall as a character, he can do whatever he wants. He can pop up in any timeline. As you can do in any comic book. But, True. But then this character, whatever growth he has, whatever make puts his heart in the right place, Yeah. at the end of the movie, it's back to where it was at the beginning of the movie, before all the events of the movie. So essentially, the movie doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen True. in the new timeline that he with set the, up. Yeah, with the, with the mid-credits. And scene. neither does uh, Green Lantern or... Which, is that that bad of a movie, really? Yes. Yeah. Is it's it? pretty bad. Is it worse than the Wolverine movie? I don't think so. Ooh. Than the Origins? No, I would say Lantern's worse than Origins. Just because Origins, the opening five minutes is really strong. Huh. It, shows, it shows Wolverine how long he's been alive. Him and Sabretooth going through. They fought yeah. in every war since the Civil War. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's wait, still they had though, adamantium I mean, in the Civil War. No, he didn't get adamantium until the seventies. Oh, wait a minute, I got bored again. <laughs> don't <laughs> ask questions you don't want the answer to. Well, we can talk <laughs> no, I want to know. I just don't want to have to learn. You know who Cable's parents are? No, and that's something cool about this movie is they didn't really spend a lot of time talking about where Cable came from. He's just fully formed. It's right. nice in the future when you only have to show one bedroom. <laughs> and then they just hint that there are bad things, that there's this like purple light scanning the room. How far in the future is it? 50 years. They say that when they're in the cab. And they, and they still have Teddy Am I still alive in 50 years? No, you're dead. <laughs> I thought it said 30. Oh, was it 30? 
But he, maybe he's dead in 30 years. Yeah, we'll split the difference and say 40, but th- it's nice to know that they'll still have teddy bears when you're around and you're around and I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah, I hate to think that there's no more teddy bears. Yeah. Uh, was there anyone you wanted to see in the film more? Like you didn't think that the film spent enough time with them? Because this is no. slowly stopping becoming just a Deadpool movie and it's really like opening the door for X-Force and a bunch of these other characters to be, you know, just a big team-up film. But uh, Brad Pitt as the Vanisher? Yeah, I would have liked some more Pitt. Well, you wouldn't have been able to see him. I still would have liked it. Just at the very end. Um, I would have liked, just on that point, I'm not trying to like dominate, but I would have liked them to have said that Brad Pitt starred as Vanisher. Oh, then never showed him. Never. Like, oh, like, like he's always he's always in his invisible form. Yeah. Oh, and never then, show him. I he, see what yeah, saying. he made a cameo as Vanisher. Oh, Here like, he is jumping oh. out of this airplane, and then they never show him. Was it Channing Tatum in Kingsman too? He's in there. I was not as enough as like the trailer amount. makes it look. The director? No, yeah, the yeah. trailer does almost all of his scenes. <laughs> what was that? Eric Bana? Wasn't he one of the? Uh... He was Hulk in the Hulk movie. No, but wasn't he one of the prison guards? I, oh, I didn't, I didn't, bought an I didn't see him on the IMDb page, but, uh, but he, when he came up to him, he looked like... Uh, oh, really? Eric yeah. Banner? Yeah. He I looked said, like Eric Banner, whoever uh, the guy was. Eric Banner looked like Eric Banner. I, no, I, I have a feeling I know you're going to say, but go ahead. Negasonic, Teenage Warhead. Uh, I like their friend. She's attractive. <laughs> she also has good banter with Deadpool. Like, Yeah. Because she's a teenage girl. Who, but yeah, sh- just it, it cuts through there. And Cable for a little bit, but then... The more cable we got, the more he started making his own little quips. Yeah, the interactions between the and, and it just it didn't work for cable. I, I needed him to stay rough. Instead, he started being a little jokey. And the, I mean, Josh Brolin's a funny guy. I've heard him in interviews. I, I like him a lot. But the the problem with Negasonic Teenage Warhead is she's twenty three now or whatever. And so unless they recast her, you can't. She can't be. She'd be Negasonic. Oh, that's uh, middle age, never going to age. Middle she, age she's warhead? going to look useful for a long time. Who? Uh, the actress name is Brianna Hildebrand. 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 Well, I thought there was a marked difference between what she looked like in the first movie and this movie, and that was only a year ago. No. Well, really? Kid Rock is still yeah. called Kid Rock and how old I didn't even recognize her in this movie. I thought maybe that they had recast her. Oh, really? Oh. In the okay. first movie, I thought that she was kind of, I mean, she looked like a teenager. She looked like a, you know, angry, bitter teenager. This this one looked like a, an attractive young lady. So they might just have to start calling her Negasonic Warhead for you? No, I think that they need something in the middle. What would you call it? Negasonic um, young adult woman. Young adult Warhead. <laughs> Why not? And then the other, her girlfriend was a superhero too, but she wasn't a mutant. Yukio. I don't know, I don't know what Yukio yeah, never was. Yeah, that's one of the more minors. It's a funny joke. Well, apparently Negasonic in the comics was a very minor character, and when they were doing Deadpool, they're like, can we have another, we need another X-Men. They're like, well, we won't give you any of the good ones. And they're and they're like, well, that. how about this person? They're like, <laughs> sure. And then they said, well, can we change their powers? And they're like, yeah, no one cares about this one. Well, the hilarity of that is you can make that anybody. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can have the Vanisher, and now all of a sudden it's Brad Pitt. Right? Yeah, I wonder if those guys are really a part of the universe. Like Bedlam, played by Terry Crews. Right. I know the one guy, Stargazer or something like that. So, somewhere I read in one of the articles that who's the guy that says I'm whatever you are, I'm better. Everything that you do, I'm better at. Yeah, yeah apparently the Asian that guy, yeah, that comic book character exists, and he has healing powers. Oh, so, so he could come back. 
Yeah, but I think Shatterstar. that that was the reference. Shatterstar. That's such a stupid but name. But then he, <laughs> he got disintegrated in a helicopter blade. Right. It was difficult to see how he could come back. Yeah, but, come back. oh, and that was weird. When he got sliced up, it was all, like, green blood. Yeah. Like I thought a for Vulcan. a second that that was the acid guy. Yeah, uh, I was very confused about that, too. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, yeah. <laughs> so you're, like, the epitome. No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I, I, I'm good with names. When I meet my superheroes, I'm very good with them. So this movie, though, has done nothing to change you for what the, is mass consumption. No, because it's not. I action don't even, hero film. I don't think it fits in that genre, really. It's, it's its own entity. It doesn't, although it's working in the field of superheroes, it's too self-reflective and meta and too, I, I think the thing about it though is it won't be able to sustain itself. I, I don't think you can have a much of an arc over another set of two or three movies. I just, I mean, I can predict what might happen in the next movie that his <laughs> wife, I mean, if she's going to be copycat, right? Then yeah. she becomes his adversary. That's what happens in any marriage. <laughs> Given enough time. Given enough time, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's my prediction, but I don't even know if that seems compelling as a movie. I mean, as soon as we get another Deadpool, it's two years from now. Okay. I mean, and, and Reynolds is getting up there. He's 41 already. He's created this character so that he can stay in incredible shape. Yeah, this is the reason why he stayed in incredible shape <laughs> for 20 hey man, plus you, years. You gave me $40 million to be in the star of a movie franchise. I could get in shape. I think, that's, that's why, uh, I think that's what it would take. That's why Hugh Jackman and, and uh, Chris Evans don't want to do it anymore. They're getting to the point they don't want to stay in shape. Uh, it's too hard. Well, especially like Hugh Jackman, you know, he drinks and smokes, so it's just like he doesn't. Have oh, to, does he really? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, for the first one, uh, first X Men, I remember he, he, in an interview, they said, "Okay, you have to cut back on smoking and drinking." He goes, "Oh, so like just one a day?" He goes, "No, cut like not at all." Oh. He's like, "Oh, well, I don't know. Well, maybe I'd do it for fifty million. Yeah, fifty million. I have to go smoking and drinking, <laughs> or drinking and smoking. Well, I mean, if you're someone like Chris Evans, he's pretty much had to play Captain America once a year for the last twelve years or something." Well, it's the equivalent of being a. I mean, you don't have much time to ever let yourself get out of shape because you're being a quarterback. Yeah, Tom Brady's always, you know, eating kale and. Yeah, but Tom Brady doesn't have to take his shirt off and let people stare at you in high depth. Be in better shape than Ad. Yeah, it's a different type of shape. I mean, Hugh Jackman, when he was doing the shirtless Wolverine scenes, he didn't drink for thirty hours before that. Not alcohol, anything. Oh, okay. Was to cut like a, a wrestler. Like a teenage wrestler, it's a cut weight. Yeah, know, or MMA or uh, bodybuilders. You know, they'll they'll do that. Yeah, so they muscular. get that muscular definition. I mean, that's rough. And if you're having to do this over the course of a you know a three month film, and you you know you're having to shoot for twelve hours a day and then go work out for two hours in the gym, and mm. you're not drinking, you're you're never going to eat comfort food. That gets old real quick. I bet even for forty million. I don't think it'd ever get that old. I mean, if you can like, make that much, Jack. People have said too, talk about MMA or fighters. You know, when you're making no money, getting punched doesn't hurt. But when you're making a million dollars, getting punched hurts. Because at a certain point, you want to stop. Like, I want to enjoy this money. Wait a minute. I don't. I'm not sure if the math works all that. Uh, I'll have to take your word for it. I don't want to get punched either way. <laughs> all right. So, um, anything else to? End up the Deadpool, Mr. C. You came a long way to watch this movie. Yeah, it was worth it. Really? Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. What's the next show? Fair enough. I have no idea. Next month, Jurassic World. Solo? Oh, Jesus. God. Lost Kingdom. 
Really? Lusk Kingdom. There's got to be something better than that. Lusk Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> if they called it Lusk Kingdom. It's not, it's not Lost Kingdom. <laughs> uh, the kids say I have short arms like a dinosaur. Yeah, you, you do. You do have the T-Rex arms. <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> better than the Lost T-Rex Kingdom. brain. <laughs> the Brontosaurus butt. Yeah. Well, all that, and oh, we might have to also, when we go off the air, talk about renaming the show. Now that I know what it's oh, truly named after. I doubt that. Wow, you've managed to keep this a secret for five years. <laughs> it's the Luskin Friends Podcast. You can find it on the you find it, you have the iTunes, all, Stitcher, all your uh, uh, podcast apps. They're all, all out there. Stitcher on all your car dashes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, so uh, thanks for joining us there, Mr. C. I guess we'll figure out what the uh, next podcast is. Maybe you'll be able to join us. Maybe we'll Hopefully. be able to get your uh, information. Maybe uh, <laughs> uh, address. Over, yeah, because then you can respond to Facebook. Since, yeah, You can have a conversation with the other people that respond to us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be talking to yourself. <laughs> uh, anybody else out there that wants to respond or give us uh, some feedback on the show you can get us on uh, Facebook at facebook.com the lab podcast slash the lab podcast friends out there. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the twitter.com something laugh podcast they, at they twitter.com can, they can just tweet the laugh podcast yeah you can tweet us at the twitter at the twitter what, what if they want to email us what's they the email address they have to go to the laugh podcast at gmail.com very you good can, uh, hit us up on the email and then we can get we'll get back to you as soon as possible with information regarding the show so for uh, Mr. C over there Mr. Bull it's been a pleasure I'm Mr. Lusk Poxet Bonham everybody there be dragons 